today, sorry about that, a little delayed start. Today obviously feels a little bit different. That was planned. I meant to do that just so it would feel more different, right? No, today obviously feels a little bit different, right? Today is Student Ministry Sunday. Yeah. It's exciting. It's fun. There were wild animals at the door as you came in. It's a fun experience, right? And I think that every week after this week, if you're your first time here or if you've come here for a long time, every week until Student Ministry come, Sunday comes back around again, I think you're going to be disappointed. I mean, this is just a fun way to do it, right? We'll, we'll bring out some other mystery meet next week, all right? Actually, maybe you walked in this morning and you're not really a people person or you have small children and the animals and loud banging of things and noises and people screaming was scary and you don't like that and so now you're a little bit angry because you're like these people are weird right maybe you were expecting pastor rick or pastor jared or pastor austin up here and now it's me right you're upset about that or maybe the band was different the music's different we played a game, like all this is different and you're upset about that. Well, if you're angry, then I have really good news for you because today's topic that we're going to talk about is That's right. We're talking about anger today and we're going to go over some life hacks, all right? Some hacks of life about when we get angry and when we're frustrated at life. So even though it's Student Ministry Sunday, we are continuing the same series that Pastor Rick started last week. Uh, where we're looking at different life hacks, different things about life. And uh, he talked about wisdom. You guys remember this? He looked at the beginning of the book of Proverbs, kind of chapters one through nine. He gave us this picture of lady wisdom that it paints for us. And he talked about like, what is wisdom? Why do we need it? How do we get it? All of those things. So now this week, we kind of turn a little bit to the more practical side of this series where we're going to look at a particular topic. We're going to take one thing for the next few weeks, and we're going to look at how uh, Proverbs offers different life hacks about that topic. And today is, of course, anger. And we get these from chapters 10 through 31 of the book of Proverbs. So if you're taking Pastor Rick's challenge to read through uh, the book, today is November 10th. So this will be chapter 10. So you've now entered into these short, wise sayings. They're kind of scattered and sporadic. They don't actually all flow together. They're kind of like one-liners. And so we are looking at a few of those today. And of course, more specifically, we're talking about anger. Because we all get angry sometimes, right? Could you, you attest to that? Do you get angry on occasion? Yeah, anybody angry on the ride to church this morning? No one's raised their hand. I know you were. I know you were. I get angry sometimes too. Uh, I have young kids at home and uh, I have an infant as well. So my wife is often up at night with our infant and then we have twin daughters. So often I will get up in the morning and the other morning I walked downstairs, I was getting milk out of the refrigerator and I opened the door, I put the milk back in and I shut the door, but it hit my toe, all right? My big toe was just sticking out a little too far and it like really nailed the end of my toe. And it's actually like, sometimes you stub your toe and it's like, oh, that hurts, you know? I wanted to scream, but my kids are looking at me hungry for milk, but my end of my toe is actually still a little deformed. Um, it, it hurts, you know? And that makes me angry. You guys ever stub your toe? They get angry, right? Uh, what about, um, I also have young kids in my house. Anybody else have young kids in here? Young kids? Are you ever just like holding them and they just headbutt you? Has anybody else experienced this? My kids just do this on occasion. I don't know why it's some thing with them. And that makes me angry, right? 
Or what about you wake up and you go outside to start your car, to which you realize you left your lights on all night, right? You turn, nothing happens, right? Or your favorite TV show gets canceled off of Netflix. Yeah, that's the, really the worst. Forget stubbing a toe. If I can't binge watch my favorite show, I'm done, all right? All of these things make us angry in life. But there's one particular thing above all else that makes me very angry, all right? And it is driving on the highway. Anybody else feel me on this one? Like, there should be a list of rules of road etiquette that everybody must have to, like, learn to pass a driving test. And I should be able to write those rules, all right? You know, driving my car on the interstate, on the highway, Route 8 especially, with all the traffic going on, like, it's frustrating to me. Like, I'm trying to pass, and I can't pass, and I'm, I'm late, I'm frustrated, and there's something about it that just, like, snaps. I don't know. I, I snap, and it sets a fire in me, and I'm frustrated. And like I said, you guys call it road rage. You're probably the ones filming me acting like a fool on the interstate. And for that, you're welcome, all right? Lots of views for that. I'm actually, when I think about driving, I'm a little bit old-fashioned. I, several years ago when I was a teenager, I wanted to buy a manual gear-shifting car. Is it, you guys drive manuals, you know what I'm talking about? And so when I had kids and I needed to upgrade to a bigger car, I intentionally looked for a car that was manual because I like driving a manual. I like shifting on the road, full control of the car, right? And the reality is I am a really frugal person and I heard that you could get better gas mileage if you drove a manual. So that's the real reason that got me into it. Now I'm stuck. And as we think about life hacks during this series, I came across a really good one on TikTok, all right? If you guys haven't heard of this new social media platform, check out this video. All right, here's for all you manual uh, stick drivers that are new to the game. You wanna, if you wanna go fast, you go first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. And this little R right there, it stands for race gear, so you're gonna pull that down there. <laughs> But if you want to go faster, a lot quicker, you go first, you go second, you go third, and then you bring it clear down into this R over here. That means race gear, like I said before. So I tried this. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't try it. I didn't try it. And you shouldn't either. It's a bad, that's a bad life hack, all right? It's not good. It will, it will make some damage, all right? You know, a real life hack that pertains to driving is most of the time, like, if you're on time, no one's ever, like, blocking you from passing, right? It's always when we're late. Like, if you're running late, that is when you can never get where you need to go on time and fast or whatever. So I came across this life hack. If you're already late, take your time. You can't be late twice, all right? Plus, plus, if you're, dri like, if you're late, just drive 10 under in the passing lane because now everybody else will be late too. And they might be going to the same place as you, all right? So you both show up to work late, it's fine. No, the boss isn't looking at you, he's looking at both of you, and you just cast the blame, all right? Reality is we all get angry at all of these things, whether it's road rage or my instance, and we all deal with something in our life that makes us really angry. And I want to talk about anger today, but I don't want to look at memes or TikTok or the internet. I want us to look at the Bible. I want us to look into the book of Proverbs. Thousands of years ago, these were written. And I want to see what is it in the book of Proverbs, what kind of life hacks does it offer for us that are still true today, that are still true for us, and we can put them in our life. So when we look into the book of Proverbs, it talks a decent amount about anger. 
And it kind of, when I studied it, I kind of bookend a lot of things like uh, contention and strife and hatred and wrath. All of those things kind of fall under that same category. And when I looked at those and I read all of the Proverbs with those, it comes up over and over again, these two phrases, all right? They are slow to anger and stirs up anger. These are the two phrases that come up over and over and over again in the book of Proverbs when it deals with anger. And so someone who is slow to anger, that top one, it means they are practicing restraint. It's not that they don't want to get angry. I think there is still that urge. We all have that natural human urge to get angry at things. But it's that they take that urge and they say, hey, I'm not going to reveal how foolish I am. I'm not going to show that I'm angry. I'm going to restrain that. I'm going to be one who is slow to get angry, right? Proverbs 14, 29 says this. It says that if you're slow to anger, you have great understanding. But he who has a hasty temper exalts folly or foolishness. In other words, like if you don't keep calm and show that you have some understanding, you're going to reveal to everyone around you just how foolish you really are, right? That's what it's telling us. On the other end of the spectrum, we have someone who stirs up anger, all right? This phrase is used over and over again. It's likely someone who is quick-tempered or hasty-tempered, as that last verse said. Uh, someone who uh, really just loses it. Like the best picture I have of this is me on Route 8. Like, I just lose it. It just sets a fire and it clicks and something goes off in my brain. I just lose it. I'm stirring up anger in my life. You know, I actually struggle with the road rage thing a lot. Um, and I'm, I'm working on it. I'm getting better. But I struggle with it so much that I've avoided putting one of these on my car. If you guys want one of these, they have them at the, the welcome kiosk. This is our logo. You can slap this on the back of your car. A bunch of you probably already have it. Uh, but I didn't want people to connect my now revealed foolishness on Route 8 with my profession of faith. I didn't want them to see me acting like an idiot and then say, hey, that guy goes to the church down the road on 59. You know, I didn't want that to happen. I didn't want um, the person that I kept flashing my lights at to also be the mom of the middle school boy who shows up at my house on Monday nights for growth group. Like... That'd be a hard one to explain, right? Why are you flashing your lights at me the other day? Well, I don't know. And I think that as we look a little bit deeper into anger, we realize it really is more than, than just getting cut off on the interstate or stubbing our toe or our boss being a jerk to us. Like, it's, it really it goes a lot deeper than that. Anger happens to us for a lot of different reasons. Uh, if you think about it, we get angry at things that we do to ourselves, right? Stubbing our toe. We get angry at things that other people do to us. We get angry at injustice we see in the world. We get angry for all sorts of different reasons in our life. And I want to look at what is at the heart of that. Like, why is it that we get angry? Why is it that we're, we're upset and we're frustrated and we're angry uh, and we have strife and contention and hatred and wrath, all those things in our life? Well, I think one reason that anger swells up and happens in our life is because we think that my way is the right way. Could you say that with me? Let's just say that. My way is the right way. Are you all just admitted it to me, okay? Your way is the right way. No, it's my way is the right way, right? I think that it should happen like this, and I'm right. I've thought about it. I've studied this. I've figured it out. My way is the right way. Why would anybody ever want to disagree with me, right? Like, your boss disagrees with you, and some project goes a different direction, and you get off the team, and somebody else ends up with a promotion. Yeah, you're angry about that. You're mad. You're like, 
Why didn't it go my way? My way was the right way. I had this figured out. It would have been better if we had done it my way. Or what about with your spouse? Like your spouse disagrees with you. They have a totally different opinion on life or stance on something. They disagree with you and you're arguing. And it's, most of the time, I'm, I've been married for a few years now, several years, and I've realized most of my arguments don't actually matter that much. It's just me saying that my way is the right way. Why could you ever disagree with me until I come to my senses and apologize? Right? That's not the way it should go. I'm right. They're wrong. We get like this all the time. What about when somebody says something to you on social media? Really, they probably weren't even talking to you. They just happened to say it out on the, they posted it somewhere, and you thought they were talking to you, and so now you want to chime in. And now you've been debating for three hours on Facebook about something that really isn't that important, and now you're more mad than you were when you started, right? I've been there. I've done that, all right? And you're offended. You're like, how could somebody even think like that? This person is crazy. It's probably not even a real person behind the screen. They're just arguing with you for no reason. And you're like, how could it? It's not supposed to be like that. My way is the right way. And now you're angry. You're upset. You're like, how could someone even be like that? Proverbs 19.11 says this. Good sense makes one slow to anger. And it is his glory to overlook an offense. It says good sense. In other versions and other parts of Proverbs, it says common sense. That's right. God wants us to use the head between our shoulders to figure out that, hey, it's not smart to be so snappy and to be so quick to get angry, to not act so quickly in situations, to not be so foolish with our words and our actions, to be slow to anger. One of my lifelong mentors, a guy that I look up to a lot, a very wise guy, he has practiced this really well in his life. I've known him for my entire life. I'm actually named after him, so I think that's kind of like a prerequisite for like knowing him my whole life. And I've never actually seen him get angry. I have seen him share a lot of emotions. I've seen him be heartbroken. I've seen him frustrated. I've seen him in tears and disappointed. I've seen him shake a fist, a literal fist in the air in deep emotion. But I've never seen him lose it the way that I lose it on the highway. I've never seen him act like that. And I used to think that it was really weird, but the older that I've gotten, the more I've seen the practical side of it. Because I would go into his office all the time, and I would sit in front of his desk, and I would ask him tough questions. I would share with him frustrations about life. Even as I started working in ministry, I would ask him different things. And I would sit down, and I would say, Dr. Mills, uh, I'm having a really tough time getting through this situation. Could you help me figure this out? And then he would pause. He would take like three to five seconds and he would just like, it would just be really quiet. Which as a teenager, very awkward. The older I've gotten, the less weird it seems to be. And I thought that he was just taking a long time because he was old. Like I just thought that like he was, he's, he's, really, he's like 80 years old now, and he needed more time to think about what he was going to say. But the more I realize it, he is actually just very practical. He was actually just stopping to think about what was he going to say. And I don't do that. Maybe you guys have realized this in your own life. Like, I was on the phone with somebody last night, a friend that I have overseas, and so it's like morning for him, and it's middle of the night for me, and he's calling and talking to me, and and I was already had the answer in my mind to respond before he had even finished the question. 
You guys ever find yourself doing this? Like you're just kind of waiting for the other person to shut up so you can say what you got to say, right? And I realized that he never did that. Like Dr. Mills would always wait, he would pause, and, and he realized it's very practical about what he was doing. But he wouldn't just do it in common conversation. He would do it in heated discussions. Like he, somebody would be yelling at him and frustrated and, and being angry, and then he would pause, which is like the most awkward thing to do in a heated discussion, right? It often made a heated discussion not so heated because he would just pause, and nobody wants to argue with somebody like that, right? And he would take his time, he was slow to anger, he would wait, he would think about the right thing to say, and then he would answer. And guess who's the one not losing it and getting mad? It's him. Like, I'm the one who doesn't think about it all the time, and I'm the one losing it. If we go back to our verse in Proverbs 19, look at the last part of that. It says, it is his glory to overlook an offense. All right? To overlook an offense. And I got to I think about this. Like, when is the last time that I really overlooked an offense? Like, somebody was mean to me, somebody lied to me, they cheated me out of money, anything like that. They offended me in some way, and I just looked past it. I just overlooked it. That's fine. It's whatever it is, you know? I, it took me a long time. I had to think back a long time. I'm still thinking about it, right? To figure out when was the last time I just overlooked an offense. And I realize, and I, I think it might be true for you as well, that if we have a hard time thinking about how often we overlook an offense, then we're probably not overlooking offenses often enough. And I think that that's the, these aren't the only reasons we get angry. There, there are a couple more. The next big one is that our anger shows up because we think that God owes me, right? That God owes me something, right? I mean, like, I'm, I'm working really hard at being a good Christian, like I'm tithing to the church, I'm going to church, I'm basically here every week. I also work here, so I kind of have to be. But you, you know, I'm kind of talking to you right now. Like you're here basically every week. You're like, I'm doing this thing good. I'm praying a lot. I'm reading my Bible more days than not. I'm sending my kids to Christian school. Like I'm doing all of these things to give my life back as worship to God. Doesn't God owe me something? And I know that's hard to say. And, and I, I probably couldn't get you to say that one as I did the first one. But I, I think if we're honest with ourselves, and I think I'm going to prove it to you, that we can find ourselves in this posture more often than we'd like to admit. What about the comparison game? I've talked a little bit about social media, and I'm definitely one who gets sucked into social media a lot. And I don't know if you guys have figured this out. I'm, I'm figuring it out for myself, but social media is a trap. It really is. Because when we post things out on the, the internet and post things on the web, we only post the really good stuff, right? Like we post the video of our kid walking across the stage for graduation and how perfect everything is and how everything is butterflies and rainbows and it's perfect, right? We post the picture of our family on vacation in Costa Rica, you know, chilling on the beach, sipping margaritas. Everything is perfect, right? We post the picture of us flexing in the gym because we go to the gym every day. Every morning we're up early to go to the gym, right? Those are what we post on the internet. We don't post the things about how our kids are so rebellious. We're like shipping them to grandma and grandpa's because I cannot deal with this anymore. Like get them out of here, all right? We're not posting the, the posts about how we can't afford to pay our rent because you went to Costa Rica on vacation with your family, all right? Like, we're not posting about those things. We're not posting that stuff, the bad stuff. And when reality sets in and we look at all of our friends and our family on social media, 
And we say, man, their life is good. Look at how good everything's going for them. They never have any problems in life. Their life is perfect. Look at how great this is. We look at that, and we begin to get angry with God. We begin to look at God and say, well, God, like, like I'm going to church all the time. I'm like really trying to get my life together. I'm serving you. I'm worshiping you. Why don't you give me those kinds of things? Why can't I go to Costa Rica and pay my rent, right? Why can't you do these things for me? And we get angry about why God doesn't give us this fabulous life that everybody else falsely posts out on social media. Like, doesn't God owe me? I remember sitting in a hospital room on New Year's Day of 2016. I remember it vividly. And I remember the doctor coming in and telling me that my wife had had a miscarriage. We didn't have any kids at the time. We wanted kids so bad. I remember that. I remember shaking my spiritual fist in the air, saying, God, don't you owe me? Like, how could you let this happen to me? Why is it that everybody else in the world can have kids but not us? Like, why is it like that? Why are you holding this against me? Don't you owe me? And I think uh, when we experience failure, when we experience disappointment in life and in so many different ways, we get angry with God. We look at God and say, God, don't you owe me? I didn't pass that test. God, how could you let that happen to me? I didn't, I got passed up for the promotion. How could you let that happen to me, God? Don't you owe me? Shouldn't you be blessing me with these things? Proverbs 28, 25 says this, a greedy man stirs up strife, but one who trusts in the Lord will be enriched. It says a greedy man. See, when we shake our spiritual fist at God and we say, God, don't you owe me? It's really because we're greedy and prideful. That's a tough pill to swallow, but I think it's the truth. See, God doesn't owe us anything. I'll say it louder for you in the back. God doesn't owe us anything. We owe God everything. That is the reality. And so when we are greedy and prideful in our walk with God, demanding that he own up, we get angry. We stir up strife in our life. But when we trust in him, we know that God is the one who knows best. That he is taking all of the bad things in life, he's taking all of the good things in life, he's throwing them in a big pot and he's mixing them together to bring about his will in our life. Not our will. We have this picture for what our life should look like and when it doesn't meet our expectation, we get angry. But God is the one who's working out his will in our life. And when I do that, I'm not demanding that God do this or God do that. What I'm saying is that God... You know what's best, I'm trusting in you, and I believe that you're going to work out everything for the best. And that is what it's saying in that verse. It says, who trusts in the Lord will be enriched. Benjamin Franklin, one of our founding fathers, once said this. He said, anger is never without reason, but seldom a good one. Right? Like when we get angry about, uh, the, about how we think our way is the right way and it's not going that way, when we get angry about that, that's wrong. When we get angry about how we think God owes us, that's pride and that's greed. But there is another reason that we get angry. Sometimes we get angry about injustice in our world. Do you agree? Do you guys get angry about some of those things? We see things in our world like racism and homelessness and poverty, and those things make us frustrated. They make us angry at life. We see things like the grip of addiction on people's lives and the grip of sin in our own lives and other people's lives. We see those things and they ought to make us a little bit angry at least. And we can't just understand and process why is it that sin is so rampant in our world, in our culture, and even in our own lives and the people around us. And I think that that is actually a legitimate reason to be angry, to be heartbroken, to be upset about sin. 
But that's a different kind of anger, right? And anger, uh, as much as I want to include, I really do, as much as I want to include someone cutting me off on the interstate as an acceptable reason to get angry, it's not true. That just isn't a, a good reason to be angry, as much as it pains me to say that, right? Because that kind of anger is about me. It's about why I'm right, about how God owes me, and about how things should go my way. See, an anger about injustice, that's an anger about sin. In our world, sin in our lives, and an anger about sin results in something different. It doesn't result in me acting foolish and being mad. An anger about sin results in a bowing before a holy God. An anger about sin results in a bowing and a posture of humility before our Creator. It's not an anger about my way, how my way is the right way. It's not an anger about how God owes me. It's an anger about how God's way is the right way and about how we owe Him everything. Have you ever heard this phrase? We love because he first loved us. You guys heard this before? I think oftentimes we'll find phrases like this. We hear them. We put them on a t-shirt. We have no idea where they came from. This one actually is a Bible verse, 1 John chapter 4. And I want to tweak that phrase just a little bit today. We love because he first loved us. It's a true statement. It's in the Bible. He did first love us. What else has he first done for us before we would outwardly go and do it for other people? What about forgive? We forgive because he first forgave us. See, we can overlook an offense in our life and overlook when someone has done something wrong to us because of the overlook of an offense that has, been, that has happened on our part. Think about the cosmic treason that we have given God every single time we choose sin over obedience, right? So how silly is it that we have been forgiven of the most despicable things in life, yet when someone holds a different political view than us, we block them on social media. That when someone does something wrong to us, we hold it against them. Someone cuts us off on the highway and we give them the universal sign, right? That when someone gossips and backstabs and steals from us and cheats us, we hold that against them. Think about all of the things that God has already forgiven us of. And how silly is it that we hold things against other people when they do wrong to us? We've been forgiven of so much more in life. Think about it this way. Who has hurt you that you're angry about? It could be somebody from two decades ago. It could be somebody from the car ride to church this morning, right? Somebody has probably done something to hurt you, and you're angry about that. Why not just go and forgive that person? Go to them. Say, hey, I'm sorry. I, I, I forgive you. It's in the past. I've forgotten about it. I'll never hold it to you ever again. And I'm not forgiving you because I'm some self-righteous person. I'm forgiving you because Christ has forgiven me of so much more wrong in my life. Wouldn't it just seem to make sense to go and do that? What else are you demanding of God that he's not giving up? Like we're saying, God, you owe me. Why aren't you making this happen in my life? Why aren't you doing this good thing for me? Why not just trust in his vast wisdom and understanding that God's got this, that he knows so much more than us and he's going to work it all out for his will, right? For the best thing that could happen to us is that God's will would show itself in our lives, not that our plans would work out. See, all of these things make us angry. It's a foolish, it's a prideful way of looking at life, and I hope that it's evident. I'm not coming to you like I got everything together, because I don't. Road rage still gets the best of me sometimes. But guess who's rocking a redemption sticker on their car right now, all right? Yeah, I'm not afraid of representing our church. I'd encourage you to do the same, right? And if you see me on the highway, I'm sorry. 
Here's the reality. We should get angry over what, God, what makes God angry. That's the thing that should make us angry. And that is our sinfulness. It's not our uh, offenses and it's not our failures. On those things we forgive, we get back up, we move on, right? But in our sinfulness, that is when we bow humbly before our creator, before our maker. In weakness, we ask for his mercy. Not a finger and a fist in the air. And we are worshiping with a face on the ground in humility. So as we worship today, the band's going to be back up. We're going to worship some more. I hope you would try and apply some of those things in your life. Let me pray. God, thank you for the day. Thank you for allowing us to even be here. Thank you for the chance to learn, to worship, even to play a, a silly game together, God. I pray that this week we would be able to really apply those things in our life, that uh, if someone has offended us or someone has uh, uh, made us fail or whatever in life, God, and we're angry about it, I pray we would offer forgiveness. In the things where we think that you owe us something, I pray that we would uh, come back to reality and realize that, we, that you don't owe us anything, that we would trust in your sovereignty over our lives. God, we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.